Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. We just came off an institute week, Christy, in Orange County here in the wintertime, but we had beautiful sunshine. It was so good to be with 30 of our friends, uh, people like you who are listening in the Soul Shepherding Institute Retreat Week. And one of the things we talked about was shame and how shame takes us out of leadership, uh, loving relationship, uh, being helpful to other people because we go into a dark place of feeling worthless and uh, not having impact. And uh, shame leads leads us to, to isolate, to disconnect. And from that place, we're not able to do anybody any good and we're not able to access the best things of the gifts of grace that God has given us and the abilities and capacities he's given us and shame really takes us out. It really does. I experienced some of that early in this week. I was looking really forward to the retreat and just love these people, love the people that God brings together at these institute retreats, the community that forms. This was our fourth time together. So we had had 15 days together on retreat and we're starting into our next five together. I'd been full of anticipation and prayer, but Bill, going into this retreat, I hadn't really had time to go over any of anything we were teaching. I've taught this so many times and I usually haven't needed to do a lot of preparation because it lives in us. It thinks we're living and things God has taught us through our own life. And of course we depend upon his spirit But this week as we got started and I was listening to you teach and you were just doing such a great job and your teaching was so powerful and it was so good, I started to feel shame and I started to feel like, man, he's just such a good teacher and he just knows this stuff so well and I'm feeling, I'm not feeling very confident. I'm not feeling, I'm wishing I had time to have looked at our notes before this week and gone over it so I could have felt more ready to teach all this and more competent. And I was feeling, I was, I was beginning to spiral down in shame. I was beginning to feel like, yeah, I'm not a competent enough leader. He should just be doing this without me. And I was being silenced inside. I was silencing myself. I was canceling myself. Mm. Again, I don't have anything to bring here. My voice isn't important. And I was finding myself comparing myself to you and feeling shame And I was also feeling shame because I did share a story about leadership based on something that you had been teaching. And it was a story about one of our failures Mm -hmm. because we've had failures. We're not perfect. We're still learning. We're still being formed. And it was, we were teaching on relationally healthy leadership. And I was thinking about how a past employee felt when we had to let them go. And I was thinking, yeah, they probably didn't feel like we were relationally healthy leaders. And I felt so sad about that. And I started to feel shame about that too. And Mm -hmm. think, yeah, that didn't end the way I wanted it to. And it gets so tricky with all the legalities. And I can't be the person I want to be with all the legal ramifications. And just began to feel shame again about that. I was like, yeah, I didn't get to do that the way I know to and want to. And... I was feeling a lot of shame and that just continued to plague me and make me feel like 
yeah, why are you teaching about, who are you to think you could teach on relationally healthy leadership? Yeah, I'm just feeling sad even now listening, Christy, because I know how gifted you are, um, your insight and knowledge and your empathy and emotional intelligence, and you were, you were really being taken out there. And uh, I can understand how when you're having a, a memory like that, and uh, it's difficult when employer-employee relationships don't continue and, and we need to to say goodbye, that's, it's, a, it's a different kind of relationship because it's not only a, a relationship where there's ministry and there's trust and there's degrees of friendship and we care about each other, but then there's also work to be done together and there's always challenges in doing the work, especially mm-hmm. in soul shepherding. Our staff is, we work remotely. And uh, so I just, I hear in your self-evaluation, both of yourself as a boss and in yourself as a teacher and speaker, I hear I hear the the shame that you're under, the, the high expectations that you put yourself, and that you're because this is what shame does. Shame it, it causes us to discount ourselves. So you're discounting your your gifts and your grace and the blessings that you give, and you're magnifying the felt weaknesses and. So yeah, I just I just feel sad about that because I see your strengths as a as a teacher. I see your strengths as a boss, and I, I think about the situation with an employee, and I think about all the things that you did that were empathetic and giving um, helpful feedback and doing conflict resolution and working things through and, and trying again. And it just wasn't going to work, and so we we had to put an end to that and do that as as best we could in, in a loving and gracious and generous way. But it often doesn't feel loving and gracious and generous when you're losing your job. And so you're taking that on yourself. And then that feeling of, of disappointment, discouragement, and then the shame, then that bled over into your experience of teaching. And so then you, you started sort of losing your confidence there. Yeah, I was sharing how I had lost relational and functional trust with this person and that's why we had to let them go was because I, I just couldn't trust them anymore in those ways. And, and I was feeling the sadness about that over that. And I was feeling that sense of, well, could I have done something more? Because they didn't, they didn't think they didn't know they'd lost my trust Mm -hmm. and they didn't think they should have lost my trust. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was feeling that reality of, I just needed, I just needed to fix this problem so that it wasn't continuing to, be a drain instead of a help because mm-hmm. I really needed somebody in this position to be helping us because we have so much work to do and so much weight mm-hmm. we're carrying. And I just didn't have any more energy to pour into this. Yeah. And yet from their point of view, I was feeling like, yeah, th- they would have wanted me to put more energy into trying to make it work because they would have felt that they could have been trustworthy to me. And yet you and I and uh, some others on our other, team yeah, mm-hmm. put in a lot of energy. Yeah. So one of the things that you're carrying, and I also am like this, uh, you're carrying a lot of like responsibility. You're putting a lot of expectation on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And especially when I am 
teaching people on relationally healthy leadership. Yeah. I'm feeling like, right. okay, this is something I'm claiming to be an expert at. This yeah. is something I know a lot about. This is something I have experience with. I'm teaching this, but this person would feel like I don't. And that was haunting me. I was feeling under the condemnation there mm-hmm. of that. And I was sinking in shame. And I, I probably even was joining in and flogging myself a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like Satan was using your empathy against you, your mm-hmm. ability to be sensitive to how this other person felt, the hurt, the stress, the disappointment that that person was going through. You then personalized that into, well, surely I could have done something better, mm-hmm. um, more helpful. Yeah. Uh, that would have avoided this. Yeah, some of that is the bargaining stage of grief even. Mm. just Because I'm, I'm just sad that that happened that way. I didn't want it to happen that way. And in the bargaining stage of grief, we kind of, what, what's mine to do? What could I have done differently? How could mm-hmm. I have fixed this and prevented yeah. this? So I think some of it was that too. But the point is, it was really hard for me and it made it hard for me to be present with confidence to impart and teach what I had to give. Yeah, and that's that's what I feel sad about here is that you have great gifts as a teacher and you fell into a trough there that left you sort of fading away and uh, hiding hiding your gift during that teaching session because yeah. you were you were being taken out mm-hmm. that's that's what right. shame does yes. like you said it, it cancels us mm-hmm. it's totally what it did and thankfully your teaching was so good and the holy spirit still moved powerfully and i don't think other people noticed it Except that later when we met for our soul shepherding group, I did share a little bit about just that sense of inadequacy that I was struggling with and fighting against and how trusting and leaning into when I'm weak, Jesus is strong really helped me to recover. Yeah. And and the community received you with grace. And this is one of the beautiful things about our soul shepherding institute retreats you're illustrating is that we're leading as participant leaders Mm -hmm. so jesus is the retreat leader jesus is the teacher and we're assisting him and so we bring ourselves into the retreat and uh, we we have areas of challenge and stress and hurt like anybody else and so we look to jesus to meet us there and uh, sometimes we share that with the group and ask people to pray for us or give us empathy because we're on retreat too so um I think, you know, part of what I'm hearing as I'm listening to you is that this is, this is what it's like to be a shepherd, a teacher, a speaker, a leader, is that we want to do that with integrity and uh, we can't possibly 100% live into with excellence all the time, all the things that we know and teach. And so sometimes there's a gap there or a felt gap, even when there isn't really a gap. Right. It feels like there's a gap, yeah. which is mostly what you're sharing mm-hmm. from. And so we can really get taken out. And so just yeah. like shame takes us out of God's loving presence, it takes us out of the the loving care of, of our friends, and people who care for us and, and want to support us. It takes us out from leading and helping and uh, giving grace to other people because we, we feel depressed and bad and and we go into hiding and as long as we're letting shame overtake us it can really hurt us it can really hurt other people because it keeps us from loving 
But when we can lean into Jesus in it and receive his love and his empathy and even through his people, you gave me empathy. I shared with you a little bit about what I was feeling and you listened to me with empathy. I had time and prayer. Then it it sometimes can reorient us in humility with our dependence upon Jesus. And so this is where the cross of Jesus uh, enters in. So Jesus shows us at the cross as he bears our sins and he bears our sorrows. As Isaiah 53 prophesies, uh, we are healed. We experience spiritual, emotional, relational healing at the cross of Jesus uh, because he has, he has bridged the gap. Our, our sin creates a gap because when we sin, we walk away from God. When we distrust God, we're disconnecting from God. And so Jesus bridges that gap. He connects us with with all of God, all of God's love, grace, and truth. We get reconnected through our, our trust in Jesus and the journey that he took. And so this whole theme here could be said, well, with Jesus, you are unforsaken. That's the healing message when we are in shame, is that, well, actually, you're unforsaken. You feel unforsaken. You're forsaking yourself. You're withdrawing um, from God who loves you, from people who love you. But Jesus is moving towards us. Uh, Romans says, well, we're yet still sinners. Christ died for us. He, he comes to us in our shame hole, in our, all of our distresses and all of our sins. Uh, God is not uh, turning away from us in a rejecting anger. God is moving towards us in a reconciling love. Well, this is so important because it's so easy to take take Jesus and his cross for granted, to just think of it as being a one-and-done type thing and to really miss receiving the fullness of God's grace, his empathy, his love, his presence with us, his journey with us in these difficulties, in these pains, in our, in our failures, whether felt or, or not. And, and whether real or not, yes, because we, yes. we have real failures of, of sin, for instance, and then we have felt failures mm-hmm. where, because what you're talking about, both in uh, your teaching at the Soul Shepherding Institute and in your work at Soul Shepherding and supervising other people, there wasn't, not questions of sin here, but it's right. felt shame. Right. And a lot of that is my own expectations for myself that are actually prideful that I would expect myself to be perfect to be and that's that's where maybe some sin does enter in and that's mm-hmm. the slippery thing right mm-hmm. is that yeah just a, a little bit of pride or a little bit of deceit can enter into uh, a relational weakness or an emotional wounding and so it all it kind of gets mixed in there mm-hmm. and so the great news is that Jesus moves towards us and yeah as you said the the cross, uh, the history of the cross 2,000 years ago at Calvary Hill uh, continues to be ministered to us today by the Word of God, by the, by the Holy Spirit, and uh, we continue to need these reminders. And this is the season of Lent. Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent, and these 40 days leading up to Easter uh, prepare us for a glorious celebration and appreciation and healing experience with the resurrection of Jesus and I, I just have found it so helpful to theme 
the cross of Jesus around that we are unforsaken. And that has been a very healing message for many people and a life-changing message. This is the message in our booklet, Unforsaken, Following Jesus on the Stations of the Cross, the gospel stories that lead us in Jesus' cross journey. And in one of those, we do a reflection, a contrasting Mark, Luke, and John, and the, the ways the vantage points that they look at Jesus' cross. And so Mark in his gospel, chapter 15, we read, at noon darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Then Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this is followed in uh, Matthew and Luke as well. Uh, Jesus quoting Psalm 22, verse one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is the only one of the the seven last words of Jesus on the cross, those famous last words. That's the only one that Mark gives us, which is probably uh, Peter's uh, sermon that Mark has captured and uh, written down for us. And so Peter really emphasizes that view of of Jesus' cry of abandonment and Peter wants to leave us there because that's where that's where Peter was when he denied Jesus mm-hmm. and, and fell into yeah. a, a shame storm himself over his sin of denying Jesus. And of course, we know Jesus went after Peter, and we read about that in the end of John's Gospel. As Jesus says to Peter, "You know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, yes, yes." And it's like there's this each denial is is being healed as Peter's getting a chance to say, "Yes, I love you, Jesus, and I know that you love me." And there's the the repair and the reconciliation. But sometimes we, we, we conclude that, well, since Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, that that's like a literal fact that God forsook Jesus. Well, that's, that's one interpretation. But another is that, well, this is what Jesus felt emotionally. And the psalm actually goes on to refer to God as being like a loving mother that never will forsake Psalm 22 that has the, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, then goes on doesn't stay there and in the gospels we the same story that psalm 22 is told because in luke luke emphasizes the bond between the father and the son that is unbroken luke doesn't show a cry of abandonment as the ultimate finishing point he shows jesus totally trusting in his father's loving care as he suffers father into your hands I commit my spirit. And that's that's where Luke brings us. And and then John, he gives us the view of Jesus' victorious cry. It is finished. And so these are different emphases on what is going on. And I especially appreciate Dr. Luke's view and it's the tenderness of emphasizing the father and son intimacy. Uh, we have this in the Easy Oak passage in, in Matthew, uh, the, the father and son intimacies and knowledge. It's a father and son operation, uh, a unique love bond. Well, I so appreciate you bringing these three views out because I think that they help me appreciate like, like your unforsaken devotional does. They help me to appreciate that Jesus experiences everything we experience because we experience feeling forsaken. And we cry out to God, God, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? And we experience that tenderness of God being near and with us in fellowship with us in our sufferings and holding and sustaining us and ministering to us. And his grace is enough. 
and we experience the victory in Christ of that we are raised with him. And this is another example that you helping me, you introducing me, you have led me into understanding and appreciating Ash Wednesday and Lent and the the journey of the cross, the way of the cross, which before I thought was just Catholic and I didn't really understand. I thought it was just some religious thing. But you have led me through it to feel a greater union with Jesus and a greater intimacy with Jesus and a greater receive a greater empathy from Jesus in my experience and feel his presence with me in all of my experiences in life through this, through these meditations on the stations of the cross where you help me to see in each of my trials, and just like Jesus was not forsaken, I'm not forsaken. That he was showing me that he's, he's with us in all of this. That he is the way, the truth, the life. And that's the message we need when we feel shame. Mm-hmm. Whether the shame is over sin or weakness or hurt or something else, when we are experiencing shame, the feeling that I am bad, I am worthless, I am not lovable. What we need to know is, no, you are unforsaken. Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the angels of the heavens are, are enfolding you in an embrace of love. And there, there is someone, there are people who will also join that embrace and who will listen to you with empathy, understand you, and be with you. And the power of, of empathy to begin that process of reconciliation uh, in God's presence, uh, wow! That that and you experienced that in the middle mm-hmm. of yes, your retreat as you were leading the retreat. You were on retreat with Jesus, and uh, you talked with me. We prayed together, and you shared with uh, the the women's group, and they listened to you and prayed for you. And and you're yes, you're a wounded healer, Christy, and uh, that's really your greatest strength. And for all of us, for you who are listening, maybe you're relating to Christy's story or to feelings of shame, uh, expectations you put on yourself as, as a leader, as a parent, as a, as a shepherd of others. And it's challenging to be a leader. There are, are many uh, difficulties with that. And sometimes we feel inadequate in that. And so I really uh, admire, Christy, the way that you pressed through that and you didn't let shame take you out and send you into a, a depression Uh, But you uh, took the hand of Jesus and you continued shepherding and teaching and leading in the Soul Shepherding Institute week. And uh, we all learned from God through you and your emotional intelligence and many insights about being a Christian leader. Well, it ended up being a wonderful week, really, really grateful. And one of the things I love about these weeks, too, is just being able to be with people in our Soul Talks community because so many of you, we don't get time with you and it's such a joy when we do and such a joy to just be together in our union with Jesus, encouraging, strengthening each other in this and reminding each other of of the good news, right? This great news. So friends, we have a blessing for you. We would just love for you to get a copy of Unforsaken Journeying with Jesus on the Stations of the Cross. This book has just been truly life-changing for me. You get up close and personal to Jesus in each of the gospel stories that 
refer to the various uh, stages in his journey with the cross and just the experience of forgiveness and love and grace and mercy and peace is uh, so powerful. Just wave after wave of Jesus meeting us in the challenges and hurts and trials and sins of our lives today. So it's a short read, uh, or you can linger over it. Uh, Even lingering, it only takes about an hour to read through the Unforsaken booklet. We just so want you to know that with Jesus, you are unforsaken. The Father's uh, embrace is around you, loving you right where you are. It's been so helpful to me, Bill, because it used to be that looking at the cross of Christ just caused me to feel shame over my sin, that he had to experience that for me. And through this journey, instead, it helps me to connect with his empathy, his love, his grace, and instead of feeling shame, to feel gratitude. That's the message of the cross of Jesus. And you can get a copy of Unforsaken at soulshepherding.org. You can just follow the link in the show notes here. And we have that as a digital booklet or a physical booklet. We'd love to send you a copy, so check that out. Jesus, we are so grateful, truly grateful, that you in love came close to us to experience all that we experience, the pain, the shame, the sin, the weights, that you were victorious over it all, that you brought us close into union with the Father and the Spirit, that you bring us forgiveness and grace, that you truly are the one that restores our soul. Lord, I pray for our listeners that you would meet them this season, that they would draw close to you to receive more of your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your freedom, your very life into their life. All by your power and for your glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 